Dumbest intro we have ever no done question. in the history of this show. Oh I, my god! Why I, am I crying? Like that's not that wasn't funny enough to be crying. I gotta be a little better than what I'm I'm doing right now. Come on, man! But that was because you knew it was coming. There's nothing better in comedy when you know it's coming. You waited not for the first one, but the second bottom of my heart. Oh, I just knew it was coming, and it was still good. There, oh, I I don't know who the Twitter uh, follower was for us on the Chicken Nick Show Twitter account, which you can follow us at Chicken Nick Show. I would have to backtrack it to see exactly who it was. Uh, go back on the timeline, <laughs> but so it was someone oh. else's idea who just said, "Hey, Feliz Navidad," <laughs> from the, <laughs> from the bottom of my art, and it just was perfect. So we might as well. Make it a show open. Uh, it is uh, Christmas week. How are you? It is. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas from the bottom of my art. Emmett Smith. <laughs> that that is how Emmett Smith pretty much wishes everybody a, a Merry Xmas. You know. Oh, that was good. That was that was so good. Oh, that was uh, there was there was a lot to digest there. Um, look, we have. This has been uh, quite a year, and we are going to celebrate it. We've got we've got a little treat for you toward the end of this. Uh... <laughs> okay, without without letting the cat out of the bag, without letting the Bo Pelini cat out of the bag. Yeah, how would you describe when you were presented <laughs> with the idea, when you were executing the idea, and what you think of the idea? I immediately laughed upon reading a, the idea. <laughs> when executing the idea, I I almost couldn't get through it because I was laughing. <laughs> and when I explained what the idea was to my wife, Kim immediately goes, oh, that's funny. She goes, that must be Schick's idea. I go, yeah, it was Schick's idea. <laughs> it is... Uh, it's it's just so it's so again, this is just a, our podcast is so stupid. Our show is so stupid. The open we just played was so stupid. And trust me, our little treat we got for you is so stupid. It's so dumb. So I just want to tell you, just it's going to be later on. Just listen. Don't skip ahead. Just just pay, be patient because we will get to it at the end. <laughs> um. Some okay. ideas, I don't know how they come to you. I don't know how they manifest themselves. 
whether it's through a dream or through prayer. I have no idea how some of these things happen. But when it occurred to me, I was laughing as I pitched it to you, just imagining what you would do with it. You know, sent you some lines, sent you some songs, you sent them back, and I turned it into... I, I was crying as I as I was producing this thing, and so <laughs> we will all enjoy it. I've heard it. Nick has not heard the finished product. Neither have you. So just hang with us here, and we'll have okay. some, we'll have some we'll have some fun. All right, let's let's just dive uh, right into a couple. You of... want some hot takes? What do you want hot takes on? Do you want hot takes well, on? I want some hot cakes. Is really what I'm in for. Oh, uh, hot me cakes. Me hot cakes. You more <laughs> waffle guy, pancake guy. What you got? We 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 want some hot cakes. Definitely, definitely a pancake guy with a lot of uh, heavy calorie, non-fat free syrup. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of where we like to reside. Um, so let's start with: Do we want to start with playoff? Do we want to start with Nebraska? Do we want to? What, what do you want to do here? Because you know we don't want to make this a super long pod. No, we got. Let's keep it moving. Right? Okay. Uh, you want to hit Nebraska quick? All right. Let's you do just want to hit Nebraska. Let's hit Nebraska. Quick. Let's hit Nebraska. I. Thought the game was good. Okay, there we go. On <laughs> All to right, the that, was no, I, yeah, that was quick. That was good. That was good. I guess there were a lot of things. Nebraska had four turnovers, nine penalties, gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown, allowed a fake punt conversion, had awful field position the whole game, and yet still racked up over 600 yards and won a football game. Won a, Nebraska's going to win a football game. <laughs> Somehow, they won a football game. And it shows you that Nebraska is awful enough to do all of those things and yet somehow good enough to win despite all that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was thinking about this, and, like, if you are the company you keep, people tell me, like, you know, you know Nebraska, like, I think we talked last week, you're like, you know what, Nebraska is the worst team in the Big Ten. Yes. And it's like, it's hard to argue with that, but yet somehow, how can, like, Kansas, Kansas is the worst team in the Big 12, right? Kansas could not turn the ball over four times, have nine penalties, give up a kickoff return, give up a fake punt, do all those things, and yet still beat Kansas State or something like that. Like, they couldn't do it. So I guess it's just it's the bizarre situation Nebraska finds themselves in where it's like they're terrible enough that all those things happen on a regular basis, yet they're good enough to only lose by a touchdown to a lot of these teams, or in this case, win. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, I think, too, maybe it's the the factor of the gap between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten is substantial, but the gap between the second-place team in the Big Ten and the last-place team in the Big Ten is not very wide. Right. Agreed. Right. Like, Ohio State would beat everybody, but anybody else could beat anybody else. And, right. you know, so Nebraska could beat Rutgers. They probably should have beaten, could have beaten Northwestern. You know, had they played Wisconsin, you know, it probably would have been a very competitive game. I doubt they would have gotten blown out in that game. So you can go through that and say, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's top heavy in the Big Ten, but then again, it's not. I mean, Iowa's a very good team, a top 15 nationally. Nebraska could have beaten them. So... But could they have beaten Ohio State? No. Could Iowa? No. Could Indiana? No. So, yeah, I mean, I guess worst in the Big Ten is a, is a, is relative because, you know, right. it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a right. pretty bottom – it's, Yeah, it's bottom yeah. heavy. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, to, you know, Adrian Martinez had four turnovers and still 
and you still, after the game was over, was like, man, I like that guy. See, I've never had a game that was more like, I was sitting there watching that thing, and after a certain play, I would would say to myself, tell you what, there is no way Adrian Martinez can be the guy moving forward. No way. In fact, I don't think he can take another snap. If he takes one more snap, it's, come on. And then... The very next play, I'd be like, I don't know how Adrian Martinez isn't the guy moving forward. And not only that, I think he could be, like, really good. He is. Yeah, he's either – he needs to either transfer or he's the guy moving forward, right? And, <laughs> like – It's you like know, you either I, marry her or you <laughs> throw her out of your window right now. It's like, well, right. what? That's ah. right. Like, like, at one point, Kelly's screaming at the TV – and I'm like, gosh, how do you make that? How do you throw that pick in the end zone? And then I go out into the garage, and she comes out there, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, doing stuff with the car and the in the hitch on the back. And she's like, "What are you doing?" Look I'm like, at I'm, you, I'm, I'm, manly I'm, man. Well, it's kind of a joke here because she goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm hitching my wagon to Adrian Martinez." <laughs> so, but that's it. Right? That's it, though. I, I, it's so weird. I, you know what's. You know what was heaven sent for Martinez was Luke McCaffrey not being available. Because if Luke McCaffrey was available, I'd have to assume after maybe the second fumble or maybe even after the, the, the first interception, at some point they maybe would have made a quarterback change, which wouldn't have allowed Adrian to play through these mistakes. And... It could have been the end of Adrian Martinez. Like, this, if you get pulled twice, this is yeah, like, it's hard. that's hard to respond to. Adrian Martinez is Carson Wentz and Luke McCaffrey's Jalen Hurts. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yes. like, here it comes, here it comes. Here it's happening, you know? So I don't and, – and, and so it's just – it's bizarre to ride the wave like that, and it's bizarre then to truthfully land on that side – you know, whatever, coin, like coin flip – Martinez is the guy moving forward. Martinez needs to pack his bags and transfer. It's, you know, obviously you're still the same guy, whether or not, you know, uh, one play happened here, one play happened there. So it's just, it's hard to make sense of in a lot of different ways. It is. It's been a, it's been an odd season. And then at the end of it, you know, we had said before the year, if they go four and four, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would you, that would be acceptable. And they probably should have gone four and four. They go three and five, and you just take it, right? Yeah, you I, just I mean, you, you just take it, and you say there is so much to work on, so many things to figure out, and maybe again we talk about the magnitude of next season and the quarterback situation, all that, but maybe a somewhat normal off season will help this team, and you hope that we will get that. Now, to the point of the season being over, uh, I was a little surprised and yet a little not surprised. Like, Kind of like, I guess that makes sense, but it's too bad. I would have liked to have seen Nebraska in a bowl game. But at the same time, uh, I, th- I wonder how, much, how different it would have been if you know a bowl game and a win gets you to 500 or a bowl game gets you above 500. Whereas, you know, what's the difference between three and five and four and five? Uh, you want to go home for the holidays. These guys, you know, from the neck up are probably just exhausted. Scott Frost as well. I get it. What was your reaction to them just deciding, you know what, we're pulling the plug on this bad boy? It's weird. All week when that conversation, we were trending towards that, like, hey, are they going to accept a bowl or are they not? I was in the camp of, like, how do you turn down a bowl? Like, how can you do it? 
But then, then as the weekend came and I thought about it more, I could kind of wrap my, my head around it more than I, than I could initially. I mean, I, I, it's, this is lame and it wouldn't do well on any sort of debate show where I can see both sides. Like <laughs> I, I can, I can understand how they're, they're just like exhausted. You know I mean? Think about being tested every single day. They are tested every single day. The, the mental wear and tear that that has on you. And then, you know, this isn't like a normal bowl experience. You know, people are like, you need the practices, man. It's like, well, this isn't like how it normally is where you're going to get three weeks of practice, right? They could have played in a bowl game that would have played in six days, you know, in, in a week. And, you, like, the, the players wouldn't get the bowl experience either. So, but at the same time, I think it's a little weird to position yourself all since August right. as right. we want to play, we want to play, we want to play anytime, anywhere, any place. We'll play anybody. We just want to play football. And then someone's like, here's a football game. And you're like, nah, I don't want to play football. <laughs> like, well, what happened to you want to play football? You know, I think there are a couple of things, uh, a couple of things that I 100% get that aspect of it. And I think that's, you know, the if there is some sort of national perspective on this, which I doubt there is because I don't think anyone's giving a rip about Nebraska at this point or other teams like Nebraska, like Minnesota, like Penn State opting out. It is what it is. You move on, whatever. People are focused on the playoff, New Year's Six, and those that, that matter. But of the, hey, you're the team that wanted to play, and now you're not playing, what's up with that? I guess the, the two parts of it is, like you said, yes, they wanted to play in August, and now that they now that this what they've signed up for and what they wanted to do is done, now they have an opportunity to be done, and yeah. they they they're doing what they signed up for. They've it's served its purpose and they're done. And like you said, you're excited in August, and then in December you're ready to be done because yeah. of because of everything you've been through. And the other part about it too is that you have Christmas coming up. And if you're going to play in a bowl game, you're at home for the you're, you're at campus for the holidays. You're not going home, right? And and I think yeah. there was probably that that facet of look, we were already here for Thanksgiving. We haven't seen our family since the summer. We could either eject now or play a bowl game and maybe lose and maybe go in feeling bad. Let's let's quit while we're ahead and let's get out of here for the holidays and see our family and and end on a high note and i get that and and i'm drained right and i and i get it and, and scott frost lost his father i mean there's so much right, going into right, the end of this right into the end of this season hey we got a we got football back we got the big 10 back we got ohio state to the playoff we're out of here yeah no honestly yeah i like that but but you're right i i i think when it comes right down to it i totally understand the decision they made but there are elements of it that are that do kind of make you go, well, yeah, I mean, that kind of doesn't sit right. Like, you kind of sit there and go, what this team needs more so than anything is games. Like, they right. need games. They need game situations. Right. They need to learn how to function within the framework of a game. Decision-making, sloppiness, penalties, finding a way to, to be on the right side of a, of, of the, of a game. Like, but, you, you know, you said in on a good note. I also kind of felt like, didn't it, didn't it kind of feel like what, you know, the whole Costanza end on a joke and just be like, all right, that's it for me. And you leave early, right? You, that, that's kind of what it felt like too. It, it, I'd have to imagine everybody on the, uh, on the sideline was feeling good about themselves at the end of the game. Everybody got on the plane to fly home in the middle of the night, feeling good about themselves because they won. The defense played well. The offense ended up finding a way to kind of 
seal the deal. They ran the ball well. So it, it makes it, even though it wasn't a very good date, it ended well. The kiss good night was good. It was solid. You're like, oh, the date was terrible. But I tell you what, we had a great kiss good night. You're like, all right, good. Well, I might call her again. You know, but that's, that's how it, that's how it is. And, so I, I, I get it. And the Big Ten didn't want to play in the beginning. Nebraska said, oh, we're playing. And then the Big Ten has ball <laughs> slots to fill. And Nebraska's like, no, no, no. You want to play? No. <laughs> Thanks for so nothing. I get it. We appreciate it. I get it. Yeah. Get you know it. what? We would have, we would have already played another game if you let us play Chattanooga, but it uh, didn't That's happen. It. Right. right. That didn't was happen. our bowl game, dog. We were going to play Chattanooga in the what the, what the F Wisconsin Bowl, you know? And you, and you shut her down. You shut her down. I mean, but, but, you know, then you've got Army that is looking for a bowl game uh, because of the Pac-12 opting out and committing to bowls. And then by the time everything was settled, Army didn't have a bowl game because the bowl game got canceled. So now Army's sitting there at nine wins. This is how great Sheesh. this is how great our system is, where the United States Army gets left out of the bowl system <laughs> with nine wins. The Army has to fend for itself as it typically how about does, that? as it typically yes. does, abandoned by its own bowl system that it has fought for our freedom to enjoy college football and it gets a bit but nebraska could have said hey army you want to come to lincoln army versus nebraska let's go let's get cut block for for the holiday let's deal with the option while we're all questioning whether we want to be here let's deal with the option for four quarters Please oh my god that'd chop brutal. our legs off and let's do that oh, uh for that brutal um but yeah it's it's a great bowl system where our army's looking for a game at nine wins and south carolina fired its coach and, and they're in a game at two and eight so here we are <laughs> here we are uh it, it is funny when you look at all the bowls and you look at the records next to certain teams going to a bowl you're like at two and seven they're going bowling. It's like, what? What is happening? So then it makes you do. Then you see that, and you're like, what are we doing? And then it makes you realize, like, yeah, Nebraska, just be done. You know, yes. Unless you're Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, maybe Cincinnati, Georgia, whatever. Like, just everyone else needs to probably just pack her on up. By the way, you could tell in the uh, broadcast, uh, there's just so many great things uh, from listeners and the Big Mac sacks, and everyone's just on board with everything. I got very excited when Sean Callahan tweeted that Greg Sharp said Nebraska's going to win the football game. <laughs> and, and Matt Davison's quote was, yes. And Sean Callahan tweets that out. And I immediately go, oh, my goodness. The, obviously, this podcast is, may, is now world-renowned because Greg Sharp and Matt Davison are quoting. I went back and listened. Didn't hear that. So I was very disappointed. Oh, very disappointed at that. Misleading. Uh, but it was. <laughs> but it, it made me feel good for about a half an hour. Um, yeah. But I did hear this, um, and this got sent to us. Um, this is... <sighs> This is one of the more this is one of the more jarring moments of a broadcast that I've ever heard uh, featuring Greg Sharp. Let's listen together. I've coming up Langan gets the shotgun snap looking right, looking left, being pressured, rolling out, throws the football down the field, has a man out there, but it is inter- is it intercepted? Yes. Yes, Cam Tater Britt with a pick at the nine yard line. Cam Tater Britt went high in the air to pull that down at the nine. That's the first turnover of the night on Rutgers. He gave his wide receiver a chance. He was pressured. I couldn't see who hit him as he was getting rid of the football, but it floated on him, and Cam Taylor had a wide receiver behind him, but he goes back and high points the Come football. Come on. Come on. They're calling a TV timeout here after a turnover. Are you kidding me? 
You do not call timeouts after a change, of, a quick change like this. It happens to Nebraska all the time. This is wrong, people. Wrong. 7.35 left in the game. Yep. We're taking one as well. I'm fed up. This is Big Red Football. The perhaps the greatest moment in the history of Husker football broadcast is the nicest man, the most respected man in the business, Greg Sharp, losing his lunch about a media timeout because Scott Frost had said every time we got the ball felt like media timeouts all the time. I think that was against Illinois. Uh, you know, just a lot of media timeouts here. And um, apparently they had it. And. And Greg Sharp had had it as well. Come on! <laughs> I'm fed up. I love the, I'm fed up. You're listening to Big Red Football. Like, I, like he still had to eat. It was just great. I am going to murder all of you. This third quarter break brought to you by Runs. <laughs> this is Never wrong, been more people. Wrong. 7.35 left in the game. Yep. We're taking one as well. I'm fed up. This is Big Red Football. Oh, Greg! Oh, that's just so good. It's just so good. Oh, uh, that is just fantastic. I, I, I am, I am fed up. This is fed up. Big red football. <laughs> now, do you do you think when he, you know, we all get in arguments with our our significant other, but do you think maybe that's his tag out with that? Like, gosh, tell me to tell me to make the bed and all this stuff and all you kids and make making all this mess. I am I am fed up. This is big red football. I'm fed up. <laughs> this is big red football. <laughs> he tosses to commercial break every time. I'd like to speak to the manager. Are you the manager? Okay. Well, I ordered a pepperoni pizza. You guys gave me hamburger mushroom. And then I sent it back and you brought it back and it was cheese pizza. I'm fed up. This is Big Red Football. I'm fed up. This is Big Red Football. (laughs) It's just so good. Oh, Greg Sharp. I mean, over a media timeout. (laughs) Unbelievable. Over a media timeout. This is wrong, people. This, this is wrong. Is... I've never seen an atrocity done to this group of people quite like what I'm seeing here. It's a media timeout. I'm fed up. Big Red Football. I'm fed up. This is Big Red Football. Oh, just warms my heart. Warms my it heart does. for that. I don't, you know, there's nowhere to go with that. Like in media's conspiracies, the media timeouts. I guess, I guess the Big Ten has it in for Nebraska by calling. Like somebody, somebody at Master Control in Chicago, you know, at the BTN Studios, is like momentum for Nebraska. Oh, I don't think so. Media timeout. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is Big Red Football. That would be. Hey, this is Bob uh, back in the New York uh, supervisor uh, office here with the Big Ten. It appears Nebraska just got a turnover. We need to get a timeout, a media timeout, as quickly as possible. Uh, was that who's that? Cam uh, Taylor Britt? Yeah, Taylor Britt. He just picked it off. We got to call a timeout. 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 This is Big Red Football. See what's the beauty of that? Of what you just did is sometimes you got to say out loud what you're insinuating, right? Like it happens to Nebraska too much, you know. Okay, what are we talking about? Like that would insinuate somebody, unaff- you know, affiliated with just a TV broadcast 
was is instructed to any time Nebraska has any rhythm, momentum, anything going at all, you have to take a media timeout. That's what we're saying. Fed up. <laughs> I'm fed up. I think too it's more noticeable because Nebraska was so rarely in a rhythm that they didn't notice the timeouts this year. That yeah, like, whoa, whoa, hey, what's this a rhythm timeout? What? Well, we're feeling good about ourselves. Oh, that feeling's gone. You know, that's a, I wanted that feeling to last, Matt. Huge feeling, Greg. Huge feeling. Oh, what's that feeling? I feel something, Matt. What is that? It's not, I don't physically feel it. It feels, I feel it inside. Oh my God, it's good feelings. It's momentum. It's momentum. And the brass is going to, oh God, it's a timeout. No. I'm fed up. This is big red football. It's what it is. It's what's oh happening. Gosh. What's that feeling? What's what is that, that feel- feeling, Matt? Do you feel it? What's that feeling in my loins? Um, Whoa. Oh, my God. I feel it. I feel it. I felt it when I saw Scooter Bar's Buck Naked Barbecue Sauce for the first time, and I'm feeling it again. Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. What well, time out? No. She's been fed up. Big red football. I'm fed up. This is big red football. It's oh, so good. I, I just love it. I don't think people understand how much. I re- I thoroughly enjoy Greg and Matt on the broadcast. Yes. Like like as much as we have fun, like they are they are the voice of the fan and the conduit between the fan and the field with the way that they call the game and they're so good at it. And and it's just like you just feel the pain, you feel the frustration and the elation and everything totally. there that just bleeds through the microphone and it's just it's just great. It's just great. It is. It is. I'm totally with you. It is those guys are fantastic. They're fantastic. They're they're fed up and they're fantastic. <laughs> I'm fed up. <laughs> all right. All uh, right. All right. So um so that's Nebraska. Their season ends at three and five. Uh, congratulations, um, tough break, tough season, get to next year. Maybe, uh, maybe the, their first game, <laughs> the first game of the year, they get all this momentum on the, uh, on the mainland and then they're going to go to Ireland to face Brett Bielema in Illinois. <laughs> we get all this, this happens too much to Nebraska. We have a good chance at a good season and they send us to Ireland. I'm fed up. Listen to Big Red Football. I'm fed up. This is Big Red Football. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy because they knew they would end the season with a win. So we need to set <laughs> Doc Doc came back. <laughs> came back. <laughs> What's the matter? It's about Nebraska. They're going to get momentum at the end of the year. <laughs> Marty, it's about your kids. It's your kids, Marty. Something has got to be done about your kids. Uh-huh. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Oh, it's a bigger. Goodness. It's a huge conspiracy. They're sending Nebraska to Ireland. They're having good vibes. Got to got to squash it in Ireland. Huge momentum, Greg. Huge, huge killer, Greg. Got to go over the pond. <laughs> got to go to Ireland. Get some Guinness. It's gonna slow us down, Greg. I have no idea what that pub was thinking <laughs> on that Guinness pint. I have no f- idea what Damian Stafford was doing on that play. I have no idea how they eat those potatoes over here, Greg. (laughs) Um, 
All right, so from Nebraska to the college football playoff, which, by the way, oh, so God. we so we have had seven years of the playoff, 11 different teams, 11 teams for 28 available spots. We can have the expansion talk eventually, and eventually the expansion is going to happen. Um, it, is going, it is going to happen. and But only six teams, and, and I referenced this, because uh, I was hosting National Signing Day on Wednesday. Uh, on I ES- watched you. Me like you. Thank you. Did you, did you a good job, yeah. man? I haven't been seen on TV in a while, so that felt good. It felt real. Good. You look great. Oh, I was pumped. Mm-hmm. I watched it and was just pumped. Thank you. I um, we had a good time. Talked to Mac Brown and Paul Christ and uh, Jeff Halfley and a couple other coaches. It was um, it, 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 was, it was good. good. But you realize you're looking at the rankings of the recruiting rankings, and then you're looking at the college football playoff rankings, and they're nearly identical. Um, Your tweet was incredible. So the tweet was, because it kind of leads you to a lot of the things. You know, Joel Klatt was included in a tweet to look at my tweet uh, that that we're going to reference here. And Joel didn't reference mine, but included the... but he included the facts in recent in a Twitter thread that he had. I was like, Joel, come on, We're, we went to Colorado. Yeah, you can, I don't like that at all. Can, I like Joel, but I like you. You more. can include me in that. But it was uh, he, here's the tweet. It uh, it I didn't realize how much traction it would get because I, I think it's got like five thousand of those hearts, and I'm like, well, wow. I, I just sent that out on a, a Wednesday night of signing day. Just because I found it very interesting, and apparently a lot of people did too. But um, the the tweet goes as follows: There are only six programs that have won a game in the college football playoff: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, and Oregon. The updated 2021 recruiting class rankings are as follows: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, and Oregon. <laughs> Unbelievable. And- and I don't think the rankings have changed. Maybe the order has, but I don't think the top six have at this point. But the point but even is, even so, even like, so, like so, the six programs that have won a playoff game in the history of the playoff six years now seven are also in the top six of the recruiting rankings. You say, yep. okay, well, what does that mean? What that means is, no, it's not because you won that you're recruiting. It's that these giants that recruit well win the most games, and that's not going to change. And you can include Oregon in that on the West Coast. They've been doing really well in recruiting. They haven't won a playoff game since the first year when they lost to Ohio State in the national championship but beat Florida State that first year. But these programs that spend so much money on coaching, recruiting, facilities, they're all in. All their chips are in the middle on football, and they are also in recruiting hotbeds. Ohio is a great hotbed for recruiting, and also they're a national program. Alabama, we know about them. Georgia, LSU, Clemson, and then go out west to Oregon where they are becoming a national brand and have been because of the helmets, uniforms, and they can dip into California and get guys from the southeast as well. That's just not going to change. And so you look at the recruiting rankings, and then you look at the college football playoff, and this is just the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. And if you're a Nebraska fan and you're looking at this, and it's one thing to see it on the field. It's another to see it on these lists where the metrics tell you what's going on. You'd be hard-pressed to believe that Nebraska will ever sniff a national title again, let alone make the college football playoff under its current construction based on recruiting and based on what other programs they're competing against. It is, it's really jarring what college football has become and it's hard to see it ending anytime soon. I totally agree. It's weird. I was all about a playoff 
and was excited when we were going to a playoff, and I really have yet to enjoy the playoff. And it's for all the reasons you just laid out, where the truth of the matter is that we've developed a, a not a massive sample size, but a big enough sample size to go, wait a minute, this playoff thing, first of all, is only for the Power Five. Only for the Power Five. And really, within only the Power Five, really only for about a pool of seven, eight, nine teams. And that's it. And that's not good. And like, I just don't, you know, I, I mean, I've been outspoken that I, I've said this all the time. When, when I was at Creighton and we started the season, did we all get together on October 15th and think, we're going to win a national championship? I mean, probably not. But we had a chance. We had a chance. We controlled our own destiny to have a chance at winning the whole thing. I just don't know what it would feel like if you're Cincinnati, your BYU, your your Coastal Carolina, your Central Florida, and you have no chance. It doesn't matter what you do. You have zero chance of not even playing, not, not even winning a national title, playing for a national title. And so, you know, Billis tweeted something earlier, and it's and it's so true. He said, college football where every game counts except for Cincinnati and Indiana's games, which were clearly just exhibition games. College football is, is college basketball with a smaller tournament and no way to win your way into the field. And that's just – that's how it is. I, 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 love, I love college football, but the way college football has always structured their postseason is, is by far the worst, whether it was – the polls and the rankings back in the day to the to a computer system in the BCS to now just a bunch of people sitting in a room deciding arbitrarily who they think is the best team, and that's it. Like those are it's 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 awful. Like it just it really it really really is. I I I love college football and I I can't believe how every year this every every single year when these playoff rankings come out at the end of the year I just get more and more frustrated. Every other sports league, every other division of football has figured it out, has figured it out where, you know, when you leave the field after winning a conference championship, something of of substance, you know, when you walk off that field, what you have achieved, you are not waiting for people in suits or sweatpants who have, quote, check their hats at the door the following day to tell you whether or not you are qualified to make it into the playoff. So it's become 100% subjective. All four spots are subjective. It's all subjective. Do we think you're the best? Whereas every other sport, it's objective. It's, did you win your division? Did you win your conference? Did you do this? Did you do that? And you know, it's the system. We play the schedule. No one complains. There's no, you know, there's no controversy in the NFL. Yeah, okay, a bad team might win a division every now and then, but it's the way it is. And that, and you have right. wild cards that protect you. Those are bad team insurance, right? Those right. wild cards protect you from that. And it would be so easy for college football to do that with five AQs plus a couple of wild cards and highest ranked group of five if they made some sort of, you know, if they finished in the top 12 or whatever you want to do. But I think the group of five would have to be involved. But, you know, imagine in a scenario where it's right now we're thinking, goodness, think about this. Cincinnati is going to be playing at Alabama this week or at Ohio State or Coastal Carolina is driving to Clemson this week for a game. And... You know, Coastal Carolina could be 25-0 and 0 
and still not make the playoff. No chance. They, no they, chance. They, they wouldn't make it. Um, Cincinnati could have finished 12-0. and They would not have, have made it. And so, you know, I've said it time and again that the college football, half of the field, half of the FBS is eliminated before the season begins, and then the half of the remaining half is eliminated by the time we get to October. Right. And, and so, you know, it, is the interest waning? No, people still care about their teams. They care about winning their league. They care about how well their team does. So attendance isn't, isn't going to dip once we get after this pandemic. But this sport is becoming increasingly regional, regionalized. And, you know, when you go through the other sports, and I did the math on this a while back, a couple of years ago, and I don't think it's changed. Uh, so you get 38% of NFL teams make the playoffs. Uh, 20% of college basketball teams in Division One make the playoffs, 20%. Uh, FCS football, it's 19%. Division Two football, it's 16%. FBS football, it's 3%. And if you want to make it the Power Five and just say it's really just the Power Five, fine. It's still 6%, four of the 65. And right. It's just not it's not tenable. It's the worst system, but it's better than the BCS. And the reason it's better is because it's more teams and because you can't allow for a one-loss team to get in there. Maybe that's playing its best down the stretch. But I tell you, it's too bad we don't have a system that doesn't allow an Oklahoma, two-loss Oklahoma to get in, an undefeated Cincinnati to get in, a one-loss A&M, frankly, to get in there and just test it out. Um, and we're going by resumes and eye tests and all this stuff. It's just uh, college football is in a very tenuous spot here. And you have this pandemic. You fa- you know, it's going to take years to recoup some of this money that you've lost. Right. You better figure it out and, and, and f- figure out this eight-team playoff because the, you know, nationally this sport is going to stop resonating as strongly. It's going to become increasingly regionalized as those national championships and playoff wins are you know, compartmentalized to one specific region right. of the country or right. five specific teams. I and it, last thing on this, and then we yeah. can move on. But I, you know, I just feel like if you're if you're a member of the uh, if you're a Group of Five team, if you are a Cincinnati Bearcat, you're a Boise State Bronco, or whatever. Like, I just what a horrible spot to be in for all the reasons we just said. That like it doesn't matter what you do, you you cannot play your way into playing for a national championship or winning a national championship. And then not only on top of that, but what, does Cincinnati play Georgia, right, in the bowl Cincinnati's game? Cincinnati's playing what, Georgia, yep. Cincinnati's playing Georgia. And, and, and you and know what's going to happen. Right? You know what the narrative – and, well, you know what's going to happen. Like, so even – so then when Cincinnati does get their date against a big boy, even when, if they win – the the narrative's gonna be well. Georgia didn't want to be there. Georgia didn't want to play you. It's like, well, sheesh. What could what what? I mean, if you're a group of five, it's like, well, what what are we supposed to do? We can win all of our right. games and beat you, and it still doesn't matter. It still doesn't matter. And then the last thing is, you know, because there's some people that are, you know, well, well, you know, because everything we're saying, the rebuttal will be like, well, do you think Cincinnati could beat? You know, is better than Bama? Well, I mean, no. But do you think Cincinnati could beat Alabama? I don't know. I don't know, and you don't either. Right. You, I, I would bet against it, but you don't know. Did you think everybody told me that a 16 seed would never be to one? It'll never happen. It won't happen. It'll never happen. Well, guess what? It happened. And you don't know. Like, you don't know. So that's my – like. We, we act as if, like, oh, well, I mean, there's no way that that team would ever lose to that team. 
I mean, you don't know that. I mean, it's yeah, like I think they would be heavily favored, and I would bet on Bama to beat Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati or whatever, but you don't know. And that's the beauty of sports, you know? Like, you, anything can happen, and, and we just are robbed of that. College football is the only sport that has you guess. Like, right. we're, we're just left to guess. Matt Berry, who does SportsCenter, a friend of mine at ESPN, tweeted out, what do, you think the re- what do you think the score would be of the rematch of Alabama-Texas A&M? And my response was, this is the only sport where we can only guess. Right. We can only guess. Like, oh, would this team beat that team? No. Okay, they're better, then we're not going to give them a shot. Okay. You know, I mean, think about this playoff where you've got Notre Dame faced a full complement of healthy Clemson players and was demolished. They right. were demolished on the field. Do I think Notre Dame should have gotten in over at A&M? Yeah, I do, based on body of work, okay, in, in, in the way that this is constructed. But A&M also faced Alabama, and they got hammered. And so do I want to give these teams another shot? And my point is, like, yeah, Cincinnati is not probably, probably, again, we have to guess, probably not one of the four best teams in the country, but they're the only team out of those three, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, that hasn't right. lost it, to those two top teams yet. So give them yes. a shot, right? You just want right. to give teams a shot because I've already seen this. And, yeah. and you know, it, it is. Yeah, like, I mean, am I, am I that excited for the playoff? I'm really not. I'll be honest. I mean, like, I'll watch it because, you know, I mean, I'm a sports fan and I'll watch it. But, like, am I really, 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 really fired up to watch Clemson and Ohio State again? Not really. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I, I just we've kind of seen this song and dance, and like you said, it's the only sport where we have to guess, and it's just unfortunate. Yep, yep. And the whole uh, well, Indiana, Indiana, one lost team. They didn't get in a New Year's six. Look, the system says top twelve, and you don't have to pick everybody. And North Carolina had the ACC tie-in, so they get picked. And the votes, you know, the the panel, the panel, um, a panel. They this this committee says. Hey, we think three loss Florida's number seven. We think three loss Iowa State's number ten. And no one's opinion is right, and no one's opinion is wrong because it's an opinion. Yeah. There's nothing yep. objective. No about doubt. It. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, so we've we've had that. Uh, I do want to get to this treat here um, in a little bit, oh uh, just very very shortly. But before we do, do you remember? Because this is the holiday season, Christmas season, that we had. We used to do a song every year. Um, the 12 days of Christmas. Oh, yeah. And before we get to the treat for the listeners, I did have this, if you would like to uh, hear it. This was from 2010, and we would do the 12 days of Christmas, and I believe this one was about Bo Pelini. Um <laughs> And it included sound bites, and it was the chipmunks, and we said the chipmunks oh, yeah. helped us out. We did it. This is about three and a half minutes long, and then we'll wrap up the show. But this is from 2010, and anytime we can play songs that include Bo Pelini drops, we do it. Uh, enjoy the 12 Days of Christmas, Husker Bo Pelini style, 2010. I'm not answering any quarterback questions. On the second day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me too many games against Washington and a pissed off Opalini. So 
Jakku. On the third day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me three referee screw jumps, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. I'm pissed off. On the fourth day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me four spat shoes, three referee screw jumps, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. It's all like I was in a scrimmage. On the fifth day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me Three referee screw jobs, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. Oh no, what game you were watching? On the sixth day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me six lame legends and leaders, five dropped touchdowns, four spats. Three referee screw jobs, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. What's the day of first game? On the seventh day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me seven consecutive zone reads, six lame legends and leaders, five dropped touchdowns, four spats, three referee screw jumps, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. You watch again. On the eighth day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me eight yard second field goal range, seven consecutive zone reads, six lame legends and leaders, five dropped touchdowns. They got nine, but we held them to six. On the ninth day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me nine baby death threats, eight-yard second field goal range, seven consecutive zone reads, six lane legends and leaders, five dropped touchdowns, four spats, three referee screw jumps, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. Next question. On the tenth day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me ten unappreciated W's, nine baby death threats, eight-yard second field goal range, seven executive zone reads, six lane legends and leaders, five dropped touchdowns, four spats, three referee screw jumps, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. People have time to follow twittering and tweeting. They need to get a job. On the eleventh day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me. Nine baby death threats, eight yard second field goal range, seven consecutive zone reads, six lane legends and leaders, five dropped touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's your opinion. Four spats, three referee screw jobs, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opalini. Anybody else? On the twelfth day of Christmas, the Huskers gave to me twelve statements released by the Atlantic Department in a span of two days, which is a school record. 11 billion fumbles, 10 unappreciated W's, 9 BB death threats, 8 yard sack and field goal rates, 7 consecutive zone rates, 6 lame legends and leaders, 5 dropped touchdowns, 4 spats, 3 referee screw jobs, too many games against Washington, and a pissed off Opaline. Call it as you may, JJ. I don't know. The TCS! That's why they made that call! We done? <laughs> oh, wow. That was a lot there. That was a lot that there. That is so good. <laughs> That's oh. so good. How about seven consecutive zone reads? <laughs> <laughs> Eight yard loss, eight yard. What was it? Eight yard sack and field goal range. range. And then how about this? 
10 underappreciated wins. Think about that. Ooh. What you wouldn't kill for that many wins oh, at this point. You ain't lying, dog. You ain't and, lying. And definitely too many games against Washington. <laughs> um, next week, we'll get to the uh, the Washington-Arizona thing because that was Arizona. one of the great moments in the history of the show. My, one of my favorites. All one right. My personal faves. All right. Uh, before we bid adieu, before the Christmas holiday, uh, we had a fun little idea. And it is a Christmas album that has come out, that is coming out this holiday season. It is, uh, I would call it the, <laughs> I would call it a can't miss holiday gift. Yeah. And uh, you need to pick it up at a, at a store near you. Uh, let's listen to the commercial. It's the holiday season. And what better way to celebrate the most wonderful time of the year than with a new Christmas album. Greg Sharp sings the holiday hits. Deck the halls with boughs of folly. The voice of the Huskers is on the microphone again for classics such as this. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful. And since there's no place to go, it's a touchdown! It's a touchdown! It's a touchdown! And this holiday hit. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Board. And if he scored a touchdown, you would even say he scored a touchdown. How about these tunes to commemorate this special season? Jingle bells, jingle bells, Big Mac sacks today. <laughs> Oh, what fun it is to score a touchdown in Nebraska going to win a football game. Frosty the Snowman is one old jolly soul with Skeeter Barnes with naked barbecue sauce and two eyes made of coal. Greg Sharp goes from the press box of Memorial Stadium to your living room with this classic. I'm dreaming of a wife. The voice of the Huskers is now the voice of the holidays. It's Greg Sharp Sings the Holiday Hits, available wherever award-winning records are sold and available on iTunes. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three runs of sandwiches, two Big Mac sacks, and a touchdown! It's a touchdown! All right. Oh, my God! Now, the fact oh my God. that everything is touchdown. touchdown. Everything is a touchdown. I think I like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in the past. <laughs> and if you ever saw him, you would say, it's a touchdown. He just, all he wants to do is call touchdowns. Uh. Oh, that's oh so good. wow, Matt! Oh. So good. Uh, so hurts. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking part in that. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that again. Oh. Yeah, pack it up there on your iPods or whatever you got, your phones, and uh, enjoy that. That's our. That's our. That, that is our Christmas gift to you. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, the album is fake, although that would be really funny to, 
<laughs> to have a 12, 12 track disc on that. Oh, well. La 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 la. Tush you! He had buck naked barbecue sauce. The only thing we really didn't have was Dorothy Lynch, but uh, yeah, we... Brent needed to work. We worked in Runza. We worked in Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Who is brought to you by the Nebraska? Rudolph brought to you by the Nebraska Snowman. <laughs> yeah, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer was brought to you by the Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time that that sense has ever been uttered, and it happened here on this podcast. <laughs> Think about how stupid that is. Oh, all the being brought to you by Nebraska Serbia. Okay, all the sponsors are dumped into holiday uh, Christmas. Holiday. <laughs> Christmas songs like what? Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer was brought to Nebraska. He did did not have a shiny nose, but he was brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Board. He was. That he was. Um, Oh, man. But it is with that. That is our gift to you, and thanks for for hanging with us. Uh, Head to a Triple B uh, printing... The uh, the t-shirt uh, guy, Josh, he's got our new shirts. He's got, I like it, it's fun. I like it, it's it's fun. And, yes. The, and the yes shirt. Yes! Uh, as well, which is uh, very, very good. We are very, <laughs> very excited about that. So please pick up those shirts <laughs> as a late uh, Christmas gift for you and your special someone. And thank you to everyone for uh, listening this year. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have another show, obviously, before the, the new year. But... Um, Happy Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, and um, yeah, yeah. This has been this has been a lot of fun so far. I like it. It's fun. I like it. It's it's fun. I like it. It's fun. This podcast is over. Have a Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you again in the following week. Thanks, thanks for being with us. And uh, we are yes, brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean. I'm not happy about that. Sick and Nick, yes. Sick and Nick, yes. Sick and Nick show, yes. Here we go. Thanks, guys. Have a good Christmas. A Huda Media Production.